We showed you what the GOAT was last year when we beat y'all 50 to 7. Relax, big boy. On this episode, we have 104.5 ESPN Radio's Money Man, Ben Mintz. Hey guys, welcome back to One Team, One Podcast, episode 30. We got a little day episode, day drinking episode. (laughs) And we have Jack, and who do we have here? Uh, I'm excited to be here. I'm Ben Mintz. Ben Mintz, Mincy. Yeah, here, uh, enjoying uh, Baton Rouge so far. Been here a couple months and loving working with Jimmy Ott every night. I have this on video, too, so there's no mistaking your voice. At all, right? <laughs> like it's, it's pretty. Him or it's Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, it's either you or, or Mahomes, and it's not. We don't have Mahomes. <laughs> no, you don't. No NFL MVPs or Super Bowl rings for me yet. No. Good. I'm glad you're in studio in the Courtesy Automotive Group studio. Oh, yeah. Also, go. yeah, we got a little sponsored studio. So, uh, big shout out before we get started. Courtesy Automotive Group, Courtesy Buick GMC in Lafayette, 4750 Johnston Street in Lafayette. Brandon Lejeune has been. Big time for us. Uh, we really su- uh, appreciate all of his support with us, guys. And check out his hit list. All right, we got a 2020 Buick Encore. Uh, sale price right now is $17,988 for a 2020 Encore. What do y'all have, Jack? An Enclave? Uh, yeah, it's an Enclave. Enclave? Let's see. I don't have an Enclave here, but I got a 2020 Buick Envision. $10,000 off the sticker price. What do you, what do you got? What are you driving? I'm right driving now? a 2013 Ford Edge, man. All right. Uh, money. This, so his nickname is Money. You, you'll like that. Okay. Ben. You you should appreciate that. But Money Brandon Lejeune. We got to get our boy Ben Mintz in a 2020. How can we make this happen, uh, Brandon? So I'm gonna post all of his information, guys, on our Facebook page. But I want you guys to give him a like. Um, he is pumping out 2021 Denali's like crazy. People Ooh. have pre-ordered them, and now they're starting to come in. And now he's delivering them out. So they're out in La- in Lafayette, but. Baton Rouge, North Louisiana. You know some people up in North Louisiana, right, Benny? I do, I do. I'm from the 318. There you I go. I grew up in Monroe and did four years. Of, uh, I was the drive time sports radio in Shreveport from 2015. Awesome, man. So anybody listening to this, you guys need to know that they're the number one uh, Buick GMC dealer in Louisiana, but they deliver cars all over the state. So just because they're in Lafayette doesn't mean you have to go there. You can call them up. They can make a deal for you. They'll deliver it to you, too. So uh, big shout out to those guys. In the We're in the Courtesy Automotive Studio, but we also have Bear Process Safety that came on recently. That's Adam Barry. Um, he likes to do a little betting there. So uh, we'll, have, we'll have Adam Barry on soon, but... Um, so Bear Process Safety, they do a lot of process safety work for the industrial and plant area. So I know we have some guys that are probably in the plant working business right now. Um, check out Bear Process Safety. Go to their website, bearps.com. A very innovative group uh, trying, to get in, trying to get into the Baton Rouge area uh, a little bit more. But they can also go virtually outside of Baton Rouge. So I know we have people outside all over the place listening to this. Uh, we want to get them involved with Bear Process Safety. Good group of guys over there. So let's get started, Mincy. All right, so um, we got new sh- new shows coming, right? Yeah, we do. Uh, it, this is such a fun thing for me to get to work for ESPN Baton Rouge. And I've said this, the first thing I said when I got hired down here was, I have so much respect for the way they cover LSU sports. When you look at the talent on that roster with T-Bob Hebert and Jordy Clotta and yep. or what we're currently watching, Hester and Haney right That's now right. and Moscona, look, I'm never going to be any one of those guys. Like, I'm not an LSU alum. I'm going to come down here, and I'm going to be me, and that's fantasy sports and sports gambling and high-stakes poker. And uh, I think it's a great fit because uh, I'm going to come down here and kind of fill in some of the stuff they don't do. Right. And I think it's it's going to work. Well, and I think OTB caught up with that pretty quickly when they added you on. That was such a big segment whenever you were coming in and, and doing those six-packs every – were y'all calling it six-packs back Yeah, then? it's a six-pack. So it's this is year four of it. Uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. I mean, that certainly I think led. I actually met T Bob at a 2013 Mardi Gras party in New okay. Orleans, and you know sometimes. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. let's talk about that. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I, uh, <laughs> scratch everything you see on yeah. that board over there. <laughs> let's go back and let's talk about this a little bit. So okay. how did you meet T Bob? So we had a, we had a mutual friend. We, I just randomly met him at a Mardi Gras house party uptown, okay. uh, pretty wild one. Uh, to say the least, and uh, we just connected. And, you know, sometimes, man, you meet people and you're just like, I'm going to be friends with this guy. And, yeah. and I think T-Bob, you know, he's 
he, he's pretty far out there mentally, and I am too. <laughs> and so I think there's like a mutual respect for that. Like, yeah. and, and like in media, I think you know. I don't know. I think there's like a mutual respect for our, our brains are a little. I, I can see that. I can yeah, see that for I sure. I definitely see that. All right. So uh, we, you're doing the six pack. You're doing the game time with Jimmy Yacht for sure. And you and Jimmy Yacht are great together, my friend. So Jimmy, Jimmy's got all those details, especially with college games, like off the wall college games. Yeah, and he's he got some it. kind of crazy detail that he knew about. But then, like when the NFL comes, I feel like you're the guy I'm, I'm going to listen to more with the NFL. Well, I love the the NFL. Except for last week, maybe. Yeah, oh man, but last week I will say this, man. You know, I went two and four on the six pack, and I could have gone five and one. I got beat at the, I got gutted in the final minute in like three games. Okay. Yeah, but it happens like that. You know, it's a no, no, whatever. All in the game, man. Bill Parcells said his best. You, you are what your record is. So, <laughs> you know, I own it, and we're gonna do better this week. And it's a long season. Oh, they're about to, they're going to give you hell this week, aren't they? Uh, they will. Well, they can't. John can't say anything. He no, got, he, he got, can't. he got lit up in NFL too. But, but uh, T. Bob will. Yeah, T. Bob. Yeah, he went zero and three yeah. on that. Uh, we're doing that DX thing on Friday morning. OTB, yeah. OT with Megan making money of Fanduel. Who's I followed great. her. I followed She's, her the other day, and she she put what I like about her. She also posts her live bets. So a lot of people don't do that. They they post their like yeah. first bet, but the live betting that's that's the most fun thing to me. I I mean, you can get in trouble though. I, mean, I know. Oh I, yeah, I, I've been yeah, in trouble a lot doing live. Oh, that's terrible <laughs> live bets. Um, I'm a, I'm a really not a good gambler, Ben. So I need all the help I can get. Uh, I'm not going to show you what's on my screen. No, no here. worries. But uh. Also, um, all right, what do we have coming up new, though? We just okay, so, today. yeah, so I'm super stoked. I kind of mentioned, uh, you know, what I think my role as DSP at Baton Rouge is kind of to just do some stuff that they're not doing. And we're we're going to – the thing that got my show Mixing Up the Mets most popular up in Shreveport was we were the only fantasy football hour in the state of Louisiana for three years. Okay. And, you know, being in Shreveport, it's like a weird market because there's no colleges there. And right. Kind of a big pro sports town. So, it's like, well, what can I do that's different than everybody else? So we had a fantasy hour that's extremely popular. We used to get 30, 40 texts an hour about who to start, who to sit, sure, who to right. people. Yeah. And I'm actually bringing on my former co-host to that. Tyler Moody is going to be part okay. of Dear Mr. Fantasy. So it's kind of transporting the old mixing it up, popular fantasy hour down here. But it's on YouTube Live. Martin Black's going to produce it. So I'm working with two guys I have the utmost respect for. And okay. we're going to kind of go with a different angle. I, I feel like when you watch these fantasy shows, everything's a list. Everything's start sit. We're going up tempo 60 minutes. I like that. We're going to go I, different. We're not going to. I've tried so hard to listen to fantasy football podcasts, and I just can't get into it. And it's like I want their information that they right. give, but it's just it's the way boring. they do it is just. So boring. Matt Moscona, I don't know if he still does this or not, but he did a start and sit. And I forget the guy he had on there, but it was boring. It was just boring. <laughs> And it's like one of those where, okay, let's regroup or I need oh, to finish my paperwork at work. You know, let me go ahead and do that now while this segment's going on. Uh -huh. But you need something that's going to be – and I love that it's at night. Like, yeah. you guys are going to be ramped up, well, right? It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> you know, we went – This is a daily show? This, so it's going to start tonight. It's the first night we're calling it Dear Mr. Fantasy. Right. Kind of off the – I'm a big traffic fan, Steve Winwood song. Uh -huh. uh, I got gotcha. you. And, and then that's actually going to be fun. Uh, the, I heard the theme song. Is that going to be the theme song? Oh, uh, well, man, we played the Billy Joel fantasy on the YouTube. has got a lot of weird yeah, copyright yeah, musicals. Yeah. So we, we're going to have to be careful on all that. But <laughs> the element we're going to bring, though, is we're going to be we're going to have listener questions where they hashtag Dear Mr. Fantasy that we're going to you know going to answer on there. But the big thing is just we're going to throw a lot of information to people in 60 minutes. I mean, that's we're going to do a 15-minute recap of last week where we hit every game for just a minute. We And then we're going to answer listener questions. We're going to talk injury report, uh, ads, and then we're going to do a preview for the next week, and then we're going to get out of there. But we're going to – we're going to try to find that balance of being up tempo, high energy, but like not going too fast to fly by people. I like that a lot. So you have questions already. So here, here's our chance to pick Mincy's brain on our, on our fantasy texted, teams here. I texted my league. Uh, I'm the commissioner actually. And uh, I texted my league asking if anybody had some questions. And they popped up a million of them. Maybe like five or six of them. Right here. <laughs> awesome. Let's go. We're ready to go. Yeah, always, man. I'm, I appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what, where do you think Odell would be the best fit if he was to get traded? Man, he's got to get out of where he's at in Cleveland. The, Cleveland's committed. Look, they they went to – first of all, Stefanski, the former Vikings OC, is their new head coach. I think they're going to try to run the ball a ton this year. Jack Conklin signed out of Tennessee at right tackle, and they drafted Jedrick Wills. I mean, in the past – they're just trying to – yeah, they're just trying to pound it and do some play action. 
Uh, Odell needs to go to a dome team. I think he's a guy that oh, would be a lot on, better on, on the, the fast turf. track, yep. on the turf. Yeah. You know, I, I think a team Indianapolis, I think, might be a good fit. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Vi- Vikings would be interesting. You know, like, speed in Indianapolis if you went there with Ty, that would be crazy. They need to get him on a fast track yeah. though. Arizona might be one. Yeah. You know, just somewhere where he needs to be on an indoor fast track to utilize that skill set. I don't yeah. think he's as good in the Northeast cold weather games. Okay, I like that. Um, all right, so Houston maybe too. That'd be a good one. Ooh, well, yeah, Houston, Houston sure and being back now. Receivers. Yeah. <laughs> what other questions you got, Jack? Guess, let me. Yeah. I'm still okay, looking uh, at a couple of them here. Rookie running backs. Which ones do you like right now? Like, which ones do you think maybe aren't starting right now, but you think could? But I'm the, keeping an eye on that. I know Donald Brown had. A, I mean, Malcolm Brown. I'm sorry, Malcolm Brown had a pretty good game for the Rams last week with the two touchdowns. But I think Cam Akers could emerge in the second half. I agree. You know, the big thing with rookie running backs every year is everybody wants them in fantasy drafts because they're sexy and they hadn't mm-hmm. shown anything yet. But it always takes them in the second half a lot of times to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, the big thing is the pass blocking and just knowing the schemes. And so a lot of times, you know, you're waiting on the second half for these guys to break out. Uh, obviously, Jonathan Taylor with yeah. uh, the injury to Marlon Mack. I mean, yeah. Indy's going to yep. want to try to pound it. they got a really good O-line. They also yeah. need to try to pound the football just so Rivers won't screw up and blow games, which he's known to do. Uh, you know, you got to really have a good run-pass balance. I, I'm looking for him to uh, carry it. Yeah. Uh, Ton, you know, Antonio Gibson and, and the Redskins has yeah. kind of got, got a role. I know he's more of a guy. He can catch the ball out of the back. The Redskins, oddly enough, looked pretty good. Their front seven on defense is for okay. – I mean, oh, let, me, for, let, me, no, let me give you a story about that one, Mincy. All right, you guys were at the uh, Magnolia Bluffs on Sunday uh, before noon. I'm driving to New Orleans. I'm with my wife. My <laughs> wife doesn't care for me betting as much as I bet. Um, I already put down, I don't know where I heard this, but I put money on the Eagles. And I, what, was that one of y'all's things? Y'all were saying y'all were leaning towards the Eagles? Man, the yeah. I don't know where I got it. I didn't have an opinion, but the injury report got so bad before I told everybody to so ban the chip. I was driving, and I couldn't pick up my phone when you said, okay, the injury report's really bad, and I'm really thinking the, the Redskins here because of their defensive the line. Then team. you started naming – yeah, the Reds. Yeah, the sorry. Yeah, yeah, the, Reds. the Washington football team. I've <laughs> yeah. screwed up on the radio three times. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so you started naming off the guys on the defensive line for, for Washington, and I – I forgot <laughs> how badass that defensive line oh, is. Man. And I was, like, getting antsy, and I was trying to, like, <laughs> maybe maybe she's going to turn her head and I can, like, put a quick, quick pick in to kind of, like, hedge myself. But, nope, I, I went full reds, full eagles there. So, yeah. lost that one. But um, you had some good insight on that one, but it was, I was in the car. Um, rookie wide receivers. What do you yeah, think man, I like guys? what I saw. Even though he dropped two balls, I think Jerry Judy's going to oh, be yeah. really good. It's just he, his acceleration and his route running are just a level I, I don't know that I've ever really even seen. And, you know, that game Monday night was weird. I mean, some both teams left so many points on the field with Goskowski. Uh, I had the over, and Goskowski left 10 points in the field. Denver got stopped on the Titans one. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a game where I, like, didn't – you know, I lost, but I thought I had the right side. And Corlin Sutton being banged up already gives Judy a huge oh, opportunity. Uh, I really like him uh, a lot. Yeah, I'm going to. I'm probably looking at. I, I had that uh, on our, the draft that you helped me out with. There's a, there's one league. I'm in three okay. leagues, but there's one league, Mincy, that I really want to win, and I'm trying to shut a couple people up. Fair enough. And uh, so on this league, I ended up drafting way too many rookie wide receivers. It's Jalen Rager, Brandon Ayuk. Denzel Mims, and then I ended up picking up Lynn Bowden because I was like, I'm just taking a sleeper here on Lynn Bowden. Yeah. But now, um, during Denzel, the during Denzel the Mims pulled both of his hamstrings. Okay, so, so I need to start cleaning up a little bit. Yeah. So uh, on the Bucks Saints game, um, all of a sudden Scotty Miller comes out of nowhere. I'd never even heard of the guy, Still and then they're even talking about him on the broadcast, saying, "You guys need to pick up Scotty Miller." Scotty Miller is available in this league. Is it a full point PBR half? It's full point. I'd get him then because he's got those slot guys. The Brady, he's going to get, yeah. you know, you're going to get a lot of seven catch for 60 yard games, which in a full point PBR, yeah. there's a lot of value. If it was half point PBR, I don't see him as a guy that's explosive necessarily. So I like him in a full point PBR. I really thought half. somebody like yeah, Lynn Bowden this year was going to be one of those guys. The reason why is because he was a wide receiver at Kentucky, he played quarterback. They listed him as a running back. But uh, he and had dealt, though. The yeah, he played in Miami. Yeah, he got pushed over to Miami. To Miami yeah. uh, I thought maybe at Las Vegas. That was after you drafted, too, I think. No, I was before. Uh, I he was with the Oakland when you. He was with Las, Las Vegas, Vegas and then got 
after I already had him, he got traded over. But I still thought yeah, I mean. he, he. I feel like he's listed as a running back. He's probably going to play wide receiver. Um, so you could, in a PPR, take advantage of that kind of like. Uh, he's like that Tom Montgomery, like running he's like yeah. mislisted yeah. as a yeah. running back instead of a Dexter wide. McCluster. Um, was all right, one of the first years I ever did fantasy football. Okay. Um, Marcus Colston. Tight end, yeah, I had that too. He did? His rookie year. He's tight, yeah, he was a monster. Raped people on <laughs> yeah. that, Wait, that year. Marcus Colston's rookie year, so he came out of Hofstra. He was the right. last pick, seventh <laughs> round pick, and he was a tight end at Hofstra because, you know, okay. he's playing small school ball and how I big he was. Yeah. And so he was tight end eligible his first year in the NFL. and just So you could put him in as tight no, end. it was awesome. And, yeah, he was a wide right. receiver was that? numbers. Oh, that was two, no, that was, the, that was two 06. Thousand? No, 06, he was, right. part, he was yeah. part of was Reggie Bush, Colston, and Zach yeah. Street for that same class. That 06 yeah, right. team was crazy. They, like, the whole team was just full of new guys, huh? Yes. That was, that was a magical thing. That was a great year. That was a, magical that was a great season. year. Um... James White at New England. What do you think about New England? Because I, um, I really liked Sony Michelle, but I didn't really know how it was going to work out with Cam. Um, and you know, if it was going to be the same thing like it was with Brady, where you just got a million different running backs and they're getting different carries here and there, but it almost felt like it was Cam and Sony Michelle. That there, James White's going to get hurt a little bit because this is a team that's trying to run the football this yeah. year, and I wasn't surprised. I, Jimmy Otten I actually debated a lot of game time. I said, look. You know, he was he was concerned because Cam was hurt last year and all this stuff. They weren't going to run him. And I was just like, hell no, they're going to run the heck out of him. They got him for cheap. Yeah. He's sat out a whole year. And Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are not – you know they're going to coach around their talent, not their scheme. They're not going to run the same offense with freaking Cam Newton as they do as Tom Brady. Right. And we saw a lot of misdirection. You know, he ran at the edges. You know, he had 15 carries for 75 yards, two touchdowns. Looked pretty good throwing the football. You know, I, I don't know that this is going to affect James White possibly because I think this is a team that's going to try to run the ball and play defense and grind it out this year. I yeah, think that's, that's kind of what I was about. thinking too. And I, I mean, it's it's so hard to go off that first week, but you know, there's, there's certain things that are just kind of eye open. What else is even going on in that backfield? Is, uh, is uh, Damon Harris? No, nah, he he was an active last game. Uh, he was on IR, I think. I thought. Yeah, what did I believe they they ran it a little bit with uh, Michelle ran it some. Yeah. Michelle yeah. ran it a, a good bit. Yeah, Rex Burkhead had yeah. uh, he he had uh, he had a few carries. I think so. Michelle had about ten to fifteen carries. And a touchdown. Cam Newton is still running the ball himself yeah. as well, so he's going to take carries from somebody. Yeah. But that's what I kind of figured. All right, so any other sleepers you're kind of thinking about that could be on a waiver wire? I'll tell you a good one. Uh, well, first of all, Naheem Hines got added by a ton of people because yep. you know when you look at Indy when they run the ball, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor. But anytime they're in passing situations, it's going to be Hines. And so when anytime the game flow is going to decide this, but if they're playing from behind, you know you look at how much Rivers like to throw to Austin Eckler last year. Mm -hmm. I mean Naheem Hines, you know he was like an H back type, you know kind of a weird role at NC State. He actually did the same thing with Jalen Samuels the, before him who's now a Pittsburgh Steeler, and he's a dude that can count. He's very, very good catching the ball. So I think he's a guy. I'll tell you one that's kind of a sneaky ad that's not necessarily as obvious is uh, Carlos Hyde for okay. Seattle. And I just – when you look at Seattle cycles through running backs so much yep. in the course of the season, I mean, I, you know, Hyde's already the number two to Chris Carson. Right. Looked pretty good. He had over 1,000 yards for a Houston team that had a bad O-line last year. And I feel like at some point Carson's going to go down and Hyde's going to be the guy. And then you look at Seattle, looks like they're going to score more points this year. So I feel like Hyde, you know, I don't know that he – I added him in all my leagues. I don't know that I'm going to be starting him. He's a depth guy right now. But I feel like in the second half of the year he could, he could well, be a guy. what's the situation with Rashad Penny? Is he still there? He's still there. They just uh, don't like him? Yeah, they don't love him. And, I mean, he's out there on third down sometimes. Gotcha. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. The, Seattle, it seems like every year three or they, four uh, running backs get in there. They wasted a first-round pick on them, didn't they? Yeah, but Seattle – the one thing about Seattle is they don't – it's fascinating to me the way they look at the draft versus everybody else. Every year, late first round, they take somebody that's got a fourth-round grade because yeah. they trust what Pete Carroll and John Schneider think for their scheme. Right. And so every year, it's always, all oh, Seattle took some busts. Like, man, I mean, they get more value out of the mid yeah. to late rounds than anybody – their whole culture is created on competition. Man, you get in the camp with them, they don't give a crap if you got drafted in the sixth round or the first round. And that's – Pete Carroll was like that going back to USC. Right. So, the Seattle and um, Falcons game, that was one that – that was a little bit of a shocker last week, right? Jamal Adams, though, man, just looking awesome. Made a complete difference. Yeah, right? he just made a huge, huge difference uh, out there for that defense. And, you know, he obviously has a different skill set than Earl Thomas, but to, to really run that Seattle D, they need that safety that can be very, very versatile. Adams is better run-stopping and more of a blitzer, and Earl probably has a little more range yeah. or used to. But – 
he's a huge, huge difference maker. And the other thing that was just crazy was Russell Wilson went 31 for 35 in that football game, and DK yeah. Metcalf dropped the ball right in his chest. <laughs> that was one of four incompletions. <laughs> You know, and well, so that's one of your old miss guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, he made up for it with the forty, <laughs> the, the, the thirty-eight yard touchdown on the fourth and five. But I just was so impressed uh, by by how good Wilson looked. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, you feel like you're you're higher on Seattle or a little lower on Atlanta on something like that? Is just mostly just Seattle was just that good looking? Man, I I, I was kind of high on Atlanta going there, and I'm not an overreact to week one kind of guy. Yeah. I mean, everybody always you see this in college football too. People are so anxious for football to start. That they watch every game week one, and then they that's how they evaluate how, that yeah. team. And that's just like – Well, I'm about to tell you a few in a second. But I did love Seattle season. going to the year. I actually picked Seattle. Like KC Seattle is my Super Bowl pick. I really like Seattle going Seattle to the looked season. really yeah. good, man. That, if I have to not pick the Saints with my bias, then I, I would that, well, yeah. And we have a natural bias, obviously. So, sure. all right, we'll go through a few uh, lines, and I, I don't know if you've – really delved that far into it yet. Well, I so did, so I have week. a Tuesday thing where uh, one, of, one of my favorite segments is uh, we play Guess the Lines. Okay. And, uh, man, I'm pretty stone cold at it. Did it yesterday with my buddy. <laughs> and uh, with the point, the point spreads and over-unders, I hit a bunch of them on the exact number. So it okay, makes, me so feel, makes me feel pretty good. First one, and this is your favorite bet of all time, the Buffalo Bills – uh, over under 41 against the Miami Dolphins. Man, got burned at the butt you late. Did. Yeah, the Jets did. scored with 40 seconds left. <laughs> got me on that one. Uh, Buffalo, Miami, I, okay, I feel like the whole world's going to be on Buffalo this week. Yeah, I and, and I'm always dicey. Miami pulls some I'm upsets the public. home. I'm the public. Yeah, guy. but my, Miami at home in those Florida games, when it's hot, you know, we've seen them. It gets a little weird, those games in Miami. So, I <laughs> – I don't have an opinion on. I'm not saying I like Miami. Minus six, yeah. Yeah, I'm so. just staying away, away from that. The only thing is, I mean, I would lean under, but man, with Fitzpatrick and Josh Allen, I don't love betting under because the turnovers can get you even if they can't move the ball because yeah. there could be sudden change sure, plays. Sure. So I'm actually kind of staying away from this game. I do think Buffalo is going to be a very public side that I would I would be careful about this week. Okay, so um, next one we saw that was very interesting to us was Tampa Bay minus nine and a half. Against Carol. First of all, I've never seen this many high lines in the NFL, if I remember. Nine and a half early line, Tampa Bay against Carolina. And this game's in Tampa, correct? In Tampa. Okay, that's what I thought. I was, I was just making sure because somebody had it said it was at Carolina in an article I read earlier today, and I thought that was wrong. I actually have a pretty, this is one of those spots where Vegas sometimes does this when they set these higher lines. You know, Vegas likes Tampa here, and they're discouraging Tampa action when they set it up at nine and a half. Gotcha. They, they've, and, and here's a couple of things. First of all, Tampa, even though they lost 34-23 the Saints last week, I thought their defense looked damn good. Too. Their front too. seven yeah. gave the Saints a lot of trouble. They're, they're, they're linebacker, they're, the way their front line just kind of controls the offensive line and lets those linebackers kind of run free and do their own thing. How many times did we see Levante David and yeah. uh, Devin White do a twist mm -hmm. as a linebacker um, and one of them just goes scot-free through the line? Yeah. I mean um, – yeah, they they have some they have some studs on the defensive mm -hmm. line. I, I guess, yeah, I'm assuming yeah, it's their secondary yeah. is their issue, right? Well, the, yeah, that game was weird. The Brady pick six and a lot of the yeah. sudden change plays because really the Breeze did. I mean, the Saints offense they scored 34 points, but the total our yardage wasn't anything to. Well, the Saints offense actually only scored 27 because yeah. they had the pick six, right? Because of the pick six, right? That's true. It did, but the oh, my analysis for this game is the Carolina is going to run such a similar scheme to the Saints because of Joe Brady and Chetty Bridgewater yeah. that Tampa Bay is going to be kind of familiar with it already uh, going in. And Carolina is going to play a lot of overs this year. This is something I've been watching for because they're the first team in NFL history to draft all defense last year. They yeah. lost Luke Keekley, and there's just so much turnover. I do think the offense will score points with Joe Brady this year, but man, they are uh, they're, they're just in big trouble. On Forty-seven defense. and a half. I, I, I would lean. I would lean over. Um, but I, I kind of think Tampa may even cover, all right, even even at that high of a number. Wow. I, I really do. I just don't think Carolina's defense is that good, and I think Tampa's defense is going to be ready for this game that Carolina's going to present. Okay, we just, so we just saw the Steelers the other night. Um, defense is ferocious for Pittsburgh. I mean, I think they may have the best one in the league. Okay, so Pittsburgh minus 7.5 against Denver. Man, uh, it's not a great matchup for Denver on the short week, too, coming off the Monday night sure. loss. Uh, it would certainly hurt, help them if they could get Cortland Sutton back out there. I thought they really missed him in that game on Monday night. I didn't right, know who the right. heck that Tim Patrick 81 was that was out there uh, the whole game. 
Man, Pittsburgh, it's going to be hard for you. That's a tough assignment for Drew Locke here. Very, very, very tough. This Denver's is, defense could keep him in it, though. What's the total? It's 41 and a half. That's what I was about to say. It's This is your new Buffalo. Right yeah, this is a physical. This, be, <laughs> this one's going to be a physical one. I mean, I would, I would, I would lean under this one. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's go down. There's a few others we were just talking about. Jack, I, got, right? I got a strong opinion on this Jacksonville-Tennessee game. Okay. Oh, there we go. I let's think Tennessee's going to just beat the hell out of them. Jacksonville's hyped up now off that upset over Indy. You know, they're they're a week one and zero. Tennessee, look, people are kind of dogging on them for the 16-14 win. <laughs> I mean, they could have scored a lot of points. Goskowski was the only reason that game was close. Right. I still liked what I saw for them defensively and offensively with the play action game. You know, I, I think they're going to come out and just beat the crap out of Jacksonville on this game. I mean, I think. I mean, I say, look, it went by fourteen to twenty-one. Yeah, no it's minus nine right now. That, that's my my survivor pick for the week uh, is Tennessee. Okay. Um, all right. So the one we were talking about before, Jack, was uh, Minnesota Indianapolis. Minnesota's oh, right. plus three. Man, this is a battle of two oh one teams that need it. Yep. You know, both of these teams did not uh, play, you know look good last week. Minnesota. The secondary for Minnesota is very, very young this year. They're all, their corners are all between 21 and 24 years old, and boy, Rodgers just had a field day on them. And, you know, Daniil Hunter being hurt, and they lost Everson Griffin. Just there's a lot of turnover on this Vikings defense right now. And you think of Mike Zimmer and those defenses, you know, that's certainly been a strength of the team. Yep. Man, home team's favored by three here in Indy, Minnesota. I don't trust either one of these quarterbacks either. Um, yeah. Just the turnover factor on both of them. It, yeah, I, I had to I trust mean, one of them though. I would lean Kirk Cousins yeah. for sure. Yeah, I, I don't trust Philip Rivers at all. No, and there, yeah, that's been a war on the air on ESPN Baton Rouge. Everybody was talking. I was the pro Titans one. Everybody's been liking Indy Hester and T. Bob and Ott are all saying Indy. Well, you division. know why Hester loves? Of course, they, they play together. Yeah, he's a big Philip together. Rivers guy. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I don't see that at all. Um, this was a tough one to call, though, because both teams, I think, were overrated going into the year. That Indianapolis defense just should be one of the best defenses in the league, though, uh, when you look at – They're tough. They're physical. They're yeah. super physical up front. Good defensive and line, the yeah. Butner uh-huh. And Darius Leonard, obviously, one of the best linebackers, but I still don't love their secondary. I mean, yeah. Yeah, no, I don't like I remember either, the – they still have Malik Hooker out there. No, they do. The, they do. The, if he stay Colts, healthy. Right. The Colts-Chiefs yeah. game was one I always go back to last year where they really just controlled the Chiefs. And they were the only team that I saw that year that would just, like, pretty much manhandled the Chiefs up front. Um, both sides of the ball. So, offensive and defensive line. You could just tell, okay – I, I just felt like Frank Wright was going to take a next step, but I, I think that what's holding them back is Philip Rivers with that. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, if he still had Andrew Luck out there, I'd feel a lot better yeah, about the next step. I would step. too. We, well, our conspiracy theory when we started this podcast, the Patriots didn't have a quarterback at the time, that they were going to pull Andrew Luck out of retirement, <laughs> and it was going to be the biggest Bill Belichick move ever. I think the Colts kept his rights just because Did they? That. I think that, they're, <laughs> that actually, yeah. They would have gotten a first-round pick. Yeah, or I think they like kept that. his rights yeah. just for all that. All right, so we got a big uh, Thursday night game. We so do, and we're having, we got a big we got a big out. watch party at Joey Pearl for that. Too. Oh, we we may need to go to that. Yeah, now we're doing a nine dollar night for Burrow because the Joe Burrow thing, and awesome. it's nine dollar buckets of beer and nine dollars for uh, oyster, they have a nine dollar oh, oyster special. That's cool. Yeah, it's gonna be that's fun. Awesome. We're uh, I think I may I may crash this yeah, one. Yeah, we had a big time for like week one in there last week. Okay, so the Bur- Burrow train. I know it's gonna uh, Baton Rouge. What? The public from Baton Rouge is going to uh, push this lineup by itself, right? <laughs> yes. So it's plus six right now. Well, it's funny because Cleveland's got so many LSU guys. That's I mean, true. Cleveland's got more yeah. LSU guys. That's true. Than, you know, it's like I always joke. Cleveland's got all the LSU and the Saints got all the Ohio State. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <right> yeah. <laughs> it's funny. Well, so this game's Cleveland by five and a half is what I had last seen. What I have six on this six. line. Yeah. Man, yeah, I feel and like Public's going to be on Cincy here because Cleveland looked so bad week one. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I mean, I hate to just say I'm staying away. I'm not betting against Joe Burrow, but I, I don't know. Uh, I just the Cincinnati offensive line. I saw a lot. Granted, the Chargers have one of the best pass rushes in pro football. Right. Miles Garrett for Cleveland could be uh, a real problem in this sure. one. I, I will not bet on Baker Mayfield to beat Joe Burrow, but I, I just I think I'm gonna sit back and watch. Yeah, and I, I, that's <laughs> this is one also where <laughs> I look at the the, uh, the the total with 43 and a half. Um, since he could under. be sneaky unders because since he actually does have that good D line with Geno yeah. Atkins and Dunlap, they still yeah. got some dudes out there. And uh, man, that old O line for Cincy, I can the O line, and they have a, a a fat kicker who can't make kick. Yeah, so. I don't know how they let him back in the locker room after all that, <laughs> man. I mean, that was 
they do have good skill position. If AJ Green can stay healthy with him and Boyd and Ross and Mixon, they got some skill guys. I like. Any other lines you're looking at for NFL this week? Oh, well, the, top of your head. The, the, the Tennessee one. Uh, the, I'm curious. That's the, yours, the yeah. Saints one. Saints have done such a good job taking care of business on the road the last three years. Yeah. That's kind of been the difference because, like, you know, you look at the Saints' big run of success before it was so Superdome-related. Yeah. But, man, the last few years, since they've become more physical on defense and more balanced running the ball, they they win the games they're supposed to win on the road. Well, what, would, what would this line be, though? It, it's, five, it's five and a half right now. What would this line be if fans were in, a, in attendance and it's the first game at Las Vegas ever? I mean, how much of a swing would we be talking about? Be two and a half? I don't know. Be three. I don't know. The thing is, in Vegas, it's going to be a lot of road fans at those games because everybody's going to everybody's going to go to Vegas, and the Saints are pretty public. But that's probably four, you know, something like that. The Mike Thomas thing obviously is a factor. It's going to be fascinating to see Emmanuel Sanders here because you know he had that huge. He crushed the Saints in that Niners 48-46 win. Yeah. And uh, I guess Sean Payton saw him like, we got to get this guy. Yeah. And, you know, Jared Cook continues to come along in the offense. You know, he had a good second half last year. But I'm uh, real curious to see how Sanders does now into this number you, one role. You think they're going to try to pick up a, a wide receiver here to kind of make up some time? I think it's possible Traquan Smith in year three, boy. And I know that a lot of people are down on his second year. He flashed some in the first year. I remember he had a, t- he had a 10 catch, 161 yard game because the Eagles rookie year that was impressive. But he needs to, he's going to have yeah. an opportunity here. Odell Beckham? <laughs> Stop. Is this a, yeah, is this a money. Yeah, there ain't money, man. He's got that big contract, though. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. All right, let's move over to the college side. Right. Um, and this is what I like to bet more than I like to bet NFL. Um, but. I like to just listen to the pros talk about NFL like yourself. So, all right, a couple of college lines that just struck my immediate attention, and we talked about one before we came on here, was uh, Louisiana Tech and Southern Miss. Yeah, it, that's one's interesting because Southern Miss had owned Louisiana Tech, beat them five years in a row, and it was really the Tech would have a chance at CUSA and always lose to Southern Miss. Well, Tech finally beat them last year, 45-30, Jamar Smith's mm-hmm. senior year after being in college for eight or nine years. It felt like <laughs> – uh, Southern Miss going through a lot of weird stuff. I mean, that was a bad loss at home week one to South Alabama. Yeah. We we saw Jay Hobson, the coach, uh, step down. They promoted from within. Uh, Jack Abraham, senior quarterback for Southern Miss, actually was a Louisiana Tech guy, transferred out of Tech, went to Mississippi Juco, and uh, ended up at Southern Miss. But the only thing with Tech, I would like Tech here. They've got a transfer quarterback named Luke Anthony from Abilene Christian in the Southland, who I, I think could be pretty good. The only thing with Tech, last week's game canceled because of COVID. They had that tornado and I mean, they, yeah, they had a hurricane. hurricane. They had a tornado last year. Right, There's right. been so much stuff happening to the Ruston community that this line opened at three and a half, and now it's six and a half. I'm wondering if this COVID, the Tech, I'm a little worried. Somebody the, knows something. Yeah, but I don't exactly. Like I was going to lean Tech, but it just something feels weird. All right, so here's one that. All right, I was I was. I bet Navy to win yeah, against BYU. Yeah, without knowing they hadn't been tackled. No, I had no idea. They haven't tackled. I, my jaw is like my jaw is like open when Kurt Herbstreit's talking about this on live on TV, <laughs> and uh, quickly hedged my bet, won my money back on it uh, because I could just see we were actually in the middle of a podcast. Yeah, we were podcast, and I was like, "Ooh, I gotta stop." So I went ahead and bet BYU, so I made my money back because I could just obviously tell that BYU is about to crush them. Tulane is minus seven against Navy this week. Tulane, good comeback. I know that they were down most of that game at South Alabama, but they yeah. showed some heart coming back. Yeah. I think and then Willie Fritz just signed a seven-year extension. That's right. And look, love Willie Fritz. I do too. Yeah. Big fan. Billy's not. Huh? My, All right, uh, so my stepdad went to Tulane. He's a huge Tulane fan. Yeah. He hates Willie Fritz. Really? Yeah. What is his deal? He he just thinks that he's so cons- – and, and like – Okay, watching every single Tulane game with him last year. It's infuriating. It's like, oh, my God, they are so conservative. Like, you wouldn't be able to know that if you didn't watch every single game. But, uh, yeah, they're they're definitely very conservative. But, like, Tulane is at a level right now where they shouldn't be. Like they the way the way they have been the past like five years was I think you know, Fritz is a great coach. Intense, I love the new stadium. I went to the UCF two lane game. I love You've the been. stadium. You've been to yeah, the stadium. I, yeah. I think Golden's a really good stadium. Yeah. So Navy though, this is I think more about Navy than less about Tulane for me is just how poor they looked um, and not having any time. It felt like they just weren't prepared at all. Not just tackling, but they just they just didn't look like they even wanted to be there. BYU just if. That was one of those games where nobody's in the stands. It's so weird, obviously. You can hear both teams interacting and, like, hooping and hollering after a big tackle or something. All you heard was BYU the entire game. And they were just going nuts on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, 
quickly, we need to change this bet because this there's one team that's just clearer ahead than anybody else. And I'm, I'm interested to see this on the college side, especially because there's a lot of parity to begin with. But are there more teams like this that are going to come up that are not prepared to play against another team that they should be equal to this yeah. year? And I, I know it's hard to tell that so early, but this is one that was like, oh, I don't know if Navy's if, if yeah. they're going to be right and, right and now. Tulane's, like, Tulane's weakness on defense is their secondary, and they have a pretty damn good O line for their uh, I mean D line for their uh, for the American Conference. Um, so I definitely think that they could drop a anybody else you're thinking like that. Where it's no, like, I like Tulane here. I like you I like what you're saying. I like what you're saying. But the other thing too, Tulane's fairly you know pretty well coached too. Yeah. And I think I when you're playing those triple option teams, you know that's. Uh, a big, big part of, you know, if you have a good coaching staff and you think your team will be prepared, that's a huge part of it. Well, another thing is I Jordan was – Jordan Howard just needs to throw the ball better than he did last week. I, I was big on um, Army last week against UL Monroe. I had him a uh, full game, but I also had him first half and they got killed on that one. Yeah, they look – but you, you you know, you weren't wrong, though. I mean, ULM, uh, they're going through a lot of stuff this year. Too, yeah, I, you, I remember you saying that and that it made me – I was already pretty confident on the full game, but I, I went first half and I blew it on that one. But – they're, I know you know a little bit about that because you're from the area. They're plus six against Texas State. Texas State's had two games under their belt now. ULM is usually a fairly feisty underdog. I think Matt, v, you know, Viator is a heck of a coach. He did a great, he did, yeah, too. he did a great job at Mid State before he went to ULM, and I mean, he barely got any more money to go to ULM. He just wanted to coach in D one. Well, so it's at ULM. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know how much that's going to mean. but uh, Well, first game, that's kind of what I'm thinking. I know there's nobody in the stands. In ULM the has a decent secondary. The rest of their D's weak. But they got an All-American at Corey Strotter. And I know Texas State, like State likes to run the spread with Jake Spavadol. I mean, I I, I kind of feel okay about ULM as a yeah. six-point home dog here. Not a, lot of, not a lot of big games this weekend in college. No, it almost, to be transparent, it feels like preseason until the 26th. It kinda yes, does. it does. It there, really there does. Are some, there are, there's Next week, there's a games. few. Uh, like Oklahoma. UCF at Georgia Tech this week is I think that's a pretty fun. That game. was that one's interesting, and I feel like UCF may be the right game one side on that one. Uh, UCF is uh minus seven and a half. Georgia now. Tech still can't score. No. No, they're seven. I would, if yeah. you can get it at seven, I'd feel a little better. But they certainly can't. I mean they just that I feel like that win last week at Florida State was way more an indictment on Florida State than right. it was Georgia Tech in terms yeah, of corner. You're probably right. Miami, um, Louisville is also Louisville and uh, Miami. Yeah, Derek uh, minus two and a half. What, wait, who's favored? Louisville's favored. Uh, minus two and, and half. the game's at Louisville. Yep. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, over under sixty four in that game. Derek King and uh, they, you know, they got Rhett Lashley, former Auburn OC, now at Miami. And the thing when you look at Miami, it's actually kind of similar to LSU over the years where they're still sending tons of dudes to the NFL. They just yeah, haven't had a quarterback. That's true. And so it's like, you know, it was kind of similar to a lot of what LSU had gone through through the years where they just, you'd be so mad as a fan because you're like, look at all the athletes we've got everywhere. How are we not winning? <laughs> yeah. Right. Not winning more. And I think they may have found their guy with Derek King. I know they beat UAB 31 to 14 last week. It, they, this they, looked very sluggish. Yeah, left, left the points out in the field too, I thought. Okay. Um, but. Man, I don't have a strong, too strong. Louisville's very well coached. Uh, Satterfield did a yeah. game in a camp from Mapsley. Like they were very explosive last year. And then uh, I know they played Western Kentucky, but they, they still put some points up on that on, in that game. But last year, I remember the Mississippi State Bowl game, uh, they could score at will. They had, they had some really good athletes and a lot of speed. Uh, but I know Miami's got a good D. So yeah. um, Louisville's got that little receiver, uh, 2 2 at will. Yeah. He's stuck. Um, Here's another one. I was I had North uh, Syracuse last week. At, oh man, you had the right side the whole game, and then they just pulled away. Like yeah, and, and it was seven three late third. Yeah, I told and the, them I like I like North Carolina there, and then I North Carolina know, just I scored like three touchdowns in yeah. like uh, two minutes. Was basically, score like seven to six and a half. It was 10, ten six ten at six. one point, and then yeah. it, it, all of a sudden it's thirty one to six. Yeah. But the, the, what I saw most most importantly on that game was Syracuse couldn't score. Yeah. No. Um, and so now what I'm looking at is Pittsburgh minus 19 and a half against Syracuse. Still very high to me, and I hate those kind of lines because they're so high, but I also saw what Syracuse had. Yeah, I feel like I like Pittsburgh. It's one of those things where Vegas has Pittsburgh laying 19 and a half. They, they, they know. Pretty, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah, that just because, you know, that's a win. But, you know, Pittsburgh, Pat Arnold, he's a good coach. Uh-huh. Pittsburgh that, is a top 25 team, by the way. Yeah, they're not bad. I like because there's – no, two conferences. That's right. <laughs> right. We got right. Big Ten. Everybody's a top 25 team. 
Um, all right, so we also have Houston Baylor. We hadn't seen either one of those teams. Um, that'll be a little bit more of a exciting Dave Randall's Dave debut. Randa. That's right. Yeah, minus four and a half in his in his opener. Fun, fun coaching Houston. matchup. Dave Randall against Dana Holgerson. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that is fun. Two contrasting styles. Actually, so Baylor should be in implementing a little bit more of the LSU scheme, right? Uh, right. Munoz came over from oh, LSU. Right. Now he's, is that. he the OC at Baylor? Is that what I remember right? I think I think so. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like that whole Joe Brady system coming over. So uh, that would be a fun game to watch. And then South Florida and Notre Dame. You got Notre Dame minus yeah. twenty five. South and a half. Florida, man, dude. They were terrible. Charlie right? Strong just crushed that program. I mean, he's not there anymore. But uh, you know, because Taggart built it up decent, and then man, you know. Uh, you look back at Charlie Strong Louisville era, it looks fluky after what he did in Texas and South Florida. And, That's right. Uh, South Florida's kind of in rough shape here. And it could be a good bounce-back spot for Notre Dame after they, they looked sluggish last they week. They did. They really did. They they didn't uh, – yeah. I had them also covering last week, so they, they didn't – they didn't do the, the do the thing. Uh, Oklahoma State, Tulsa. This would be Chuba Hubbard. Um, yeah, nope. Oh, Oklahoma, yeah. a lot of hype on Oklahoma State this year. There is. Uh, minus 23 against Tulsa. I've seen I'm, Tulsa over just – my I entire would, lifetime, I feel like Tulsa is already always covering. Yeah, I, I would stay so far away from that game. I, I also just don't know what Oklahoma I, I could also see like. Oklahoma State crushing them. So, like what is what is their locker room like too after after, after everything that's happened this off season? The other thing you got to worry about those in-state games like that—that's Tulsa's yeah. Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know it's hard to like twenty. You know you know. That they're just chomp, you know, chomp, that you're going to get their best effort of the year. Yeah, there's a lot of those. I feel, like, uh, I feel like Louisiana Tech covers every time we play them. Some yeah, of those, exactly. Yeah, those are the kind of games, and I'm probably wrong here, Mincy, but some of those big line games like that, I start looking at the first half lines and seeing if I can get a better deal somewhere. But like minus 23 Oklahoma State against Tulsa, if I could get like a a minus 12 or something like that, and maybe they're up by a couple of touchdowns, and then Tulsa covers late. And I kind of went. I kind of look at it the other way when it comes to those kind of games. Of course you do. No, no, no. But when a G five team plays the P five, the big thing you see is that the college games because the clock stops on first down and the right, tempo. Right. The games last like five hours, and so when the G five teams defense, they'll come out fired up early, but they get gassed in the second half because they ain't got the depth. And so yeah. a lot of times you'll see, you know, the teams like that come out fired up and compete early and then just wear out. Yeah, any any parlays sense. you you've been on lately or looking at this week, maybe? Uh, I had. I, I'm I'm just kind of looked at it by game uh, by game basis so far. Like you said, I'm not going to. I had a good college week last week and a very poor pro week, but I'm not opposite for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. I had a four. Yeah, I had a real good Saturday and then did not have the best Sunday. But I'm still kind of looking at this as college preseason, trying not to go too too hard until we get the P5 guys back. Well, back on the blew that one already last week for myself. (laughs) Uh, went way too hard last weekend. Well, I mean, how can you not when you're so excited <laughs> to see football? At least we got football playing, though. That's right. You, it, this is the time just to be grateful. Agreed. You're not going to have any fans in the stands, probably. I mean, you're going to have very limited. Are you going to be able to go? You're a student. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm, is that, I'm waiting for uh, on Monday. They're going to tell us which games I can go to and which games. So I can that's go. how they're doing it. They're, yeah. They, and I'm a senior, so I should be able to go to, like, three, a better game. Like, three of the five, and I should be able to go to the – three better games right so but for the average fan like myself i'm not gonna pay any kind of high price i don't have season tickets mm-hmm. you know i'd usually be able to get a ticket for any game i want but i'm gonna have to pay for it i'm not gonna do that this year i'm mm-hmm. just gonna sit back it's a good year to sit i mean i understand lsu fans too you just had the dream season yeah this is kind of not a bad year to sit at the house grill out you know have family and, and it's going on everywhere it's not like it's just you know i always think back at um you know, when there is a hurricane in the south and, like, we have to, like, be without power and we're the only ones. Everybody else has got power going on. Mm-hmm. This is the time where everybody in the entire country doesn't have power. Yeah. So it's the same kind of situation everywhere and just got to deal with it. But just be grateful that we have football to watch. It could have been very easy. So big news today, Big Ten. What are, what are your thoughts on the Big Ten coming back? I mean, I'm glad I'm glad to see it, and it's just funny because uh, you know how the media environment's been all year, and just the the you know all the doom and gloom that's been preached, and the way the Big Ten, for sure. Kevin Warren, who's a new commissioner, formerly the Minnesota Vikings, comes in and pulls the plug early, and then has the audacity to say, "I didn't realize I'd get this much backlash from canceling football <laughs> when you have Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, and Wisconsin, and Nebraska." Yeah. All in your conference. You, yeah. you didn't realize those, those schools and those economies would be mad they don't have football. I mean, I thought that was one of the most – I mean, granted, I know quotes are taken out of context all the time in the current media world we live oh, in and sure. all that stuff, but, like, I thought that one was 
Oh, one of the headlines today, I think it was the USA Today writer who's probably been big on this whole thing to begin with. Uh, but she said, she came out and said, this is probably what Matt, Matt Moscona is on our screen right now. He's probably blasting this right now. But uh, <laughs> look, how, look, how <laughs> look how red his face is. <laughs> uh, so she said, uh, this is the darkest day in Big Ten history oh, because yeah. they've sold their soul for football. And somebody that we follow, another podcast that we follow, reposted it and said, um, let's let's not forget about the Penn State sex abuse. Let's and Michigan not, State. Yeah, uh, Michigan State stuff. Right. Um, I think there was something in Michigan there's, a, there's a while Ohio back. The yeah. Maryland guy who died in the in, yeah. in yeah. practice. Like, come on. No, I, the, I, yeah. hyperbole. No, I, I look, I thought it was very, very ridiculously shallow and – I mean, I hate to sound like this. I just try to stay as far away as I can from the, the political. Absolutely, topic you have to right now. But like, man, I, you know, I, 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 Matt Moscone's points. I'm certainly on the same page. As I am too, and I, I don't that. agree with Matt a lot, but uh, on this for sure, I do. Um, all right, so let's talk about LSU a little bit. Let's do it. Um, He's pissed. <laughs> look how red his face. He's he's banging on the desk. All right, so LSU win loss total. Have you kind of looked at that schedule and kind of figured it out for yourself? And yeah, it's just it? so interesting with all the the depth. I mean, they already lost so much, and then you got the. I know it's good for Farrell's going to got back in. Yeah, a little right. Depth. Possibly, possibly Sheldon, depending on how he's probably four hundred pounds by this point, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's probably yeah, he's he's probably not not certainly not a small man. Very so athletic for size though. I mean, for sure. Yeah. Um, but when you look at the LSU schedule, I mean, I think there's six games. I just feel like they're going to win. Right. You know, I think, and then it comes down to the four where. You know, obviously at Auburn, at Florida, at A&M, and Bama at home are the four that are kind of, uh, you know, up in the air. I mean, I, I feel like seven and three or eight and two still. Uh, yeah, yeah, kind of one, one, one or the other. Uh, it's tough because three of those four are on the road, you know, so I think that that's going to be tough. I, I, I still think they're going to beat A&M, though. I, I do, too. I, I, I just think that was a fluke. And, you're, yeah. yeah, you're coming on the wrong podcast if you think that they eat, if you're going to say that they're going to beat A&M, I was about to kick you out of my house. Um, <laughs> the but, Ed Auburn at Florida feels like they'll split. You know, you probably. Know, I, I don't better, really know which one. But, here, here's yeah, where I we've come from uh, this year, though, is with COVID, with less fans, and at the time when we really were talking about this, we were talking about no fans probably, but now there's going to be maybe 20,000 at the Swamp or something like that. Mm -hmm. How much easier is this schedule now than true. it was? That's true. And, uh, and the Bama game is never, home fields never mattered in LSU-Bama anyway. Well, could, Both teams do better on the road. It, that's in November. Could things change to where I think we said, sudden, yeah, I feel like that might be 40 or 50% of the stands. I would assume that could be. So it could be a bigger a bigger game for LSU then. I mean, A&M, you would have a more capacity, but I think we're just better than A and M. I kind of think just the way all that went down, I think that uh, they're not going to try to lose. I almost game. feel like we would play better if there were fans in the stadium for A and M than if there weren't. You know what I mean? Oh, I, yeah. Just because like it's the first time we played I, in front of. I, I've said this on this podcast, and LSU used to beat the hell out of Mississippi State every year. They really still do, but until Dak Prescott came, they yeah that one and they beat one year. And they, and they beat them the next year. Seventeen yeah. out of eighteen years. I was at the game where we lost in uh, was it ninety nine where we really won. Uh, we we uh, stopped the guy at the one yard line. Oh, this is the Justin Char Griffith. Charlie was born, right? That's night. Your yeah. night. Your brother was born. Yeah. That's right. I've told you the story. <laughs> he told me the story. Um, yeah, he he falls at the one and he crawls to the goal line. The referee doesn't see it, and it's all over ESPN two. I think is where it was broadcast. And Trev Falk throws his helmet because he's pissed. But we we lost that game. But that was the one game that we had lost against Mississippi State in like twenty years, basically. Um, I feel like we're about to do that to A and M. We were about to pistol whip A&M for the next 10 years, and it's all passed because of uh, the the whole stuff at the end of the game a couple years ago, the seventh overtime game, all the talk from A&M. I it feel like this though. is the game yeah. that they're going to look at, and they're going to Yeah, we're like, like we're never doing this again. Right. And you saw last year with the 50-7. to seven. I was telling an A&M fan last, uh, not too long ago, like, our, our, you're about to see how good our second team is because I'm telling you, last year our second team would have beat A&M last year. Mm. It was that much of a difference of the team. Um, what are your thoughts on the scheme going ahead? And there's a lot of talk of like Burrow going down to to Miles Brennan, um, and and that obviously there is going to be a regression, I guess you would say, in like stats or like oh, yeah. production, that kind of stuff. 
but the scheme still being in place. And I think that's one thing that LSU fans aren't quite, they don't have their arms around yet is figuring out what this offense is still going to look like. Are they still going to score a lot? Are they still going to be moving the ball as, as well as they were last year? What are your thoughts on that? Just as a, you know, not, not an outsider. I shouldn't say that, but you, you, you don't have the purple and gold glasses like I do. Yeah. I, the thing that's, that's fascinating to me is Eric Gilbert and how he's going to use, they're going to use him in this offense. Cause he, I mean, I, I mean, he looks like a little bit bigger DK Metcalf. Mm. Like I saw him, I saw a picture of him in a practice without his helmet on. I was like, "Oh my god!" Except, <laughs> look at that guy. He runs like a four-four-five. <laughs> He's eighteen. No, I, I'm very curious to see how they use him in this offense, especially after Chase opted out. Really, yeah. I'll tell you what's going to be paramount for the LSU offense this year is Terrace Marshall's health. Yes, because he's had health problems going back, yeah. and I, I covered him. That's up right, in Mosier. Yeah, yeah. A great right? kid, yeah, great kid. But he had that awful ankle injury his senior year, second game, and then he's been, you know, he's looked really good. You know, he was banged. He was still recovering from that true freshman year. Last year played well, but fought more injuries. Yeah. If he gets banged up, it's going to be tough. Because yeah. I mean, you do got guys that have a lot of talent. Can't wait to see Keshawn Boot. Uh, Boots you know, Ray, Racy, McMath, Trey Palmer could be, Trey you know, Palmer. get him the ball. He's an athlete. I feel like Trey Palmer, we talked about this last episode. I think feel like Trey Palmer's getting passed up on the depth chart. And mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't know if it's because of Trey Palmer or if it's because they're just guys that are just dudes. It's, um, it's hard. It could be both, man. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Trey Palmer Kirkland coming out of high school is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What'd you say? John J. Kirkland's also stepping up. Yeah. As far as they're uh, saying at, uh, with what they can say in press conferences. And so... Yeah, so going back, like you got the you got the road games, Auburn and and uh, Florida. Well, Florida, Auburn, I should say. Um, how how do you look at that as far as Miles Brennan going into those road games with a little less hostile crowd? Do you feel like there's an advantage there? Yeah, of course there is. It's just the, the only thing is you, you know coming off the best season ever, and that was Burrow. Keep in mind that was the second year starting too. Right. Hey, nah. I mean, I think LSU's offense would be about 60, 65% of that, you know, and, which is still good. I mean, you're talking about the best yeah. offense we've ever yeah. seen. Right. You know, I mean, what they average the high 40s last year, you know, would they average something like that? I yeah. mean, it, yeah. you know, I still think you get in the low 30s per game, you know, and, uh, it, it, and I think the offense will be good. The, the big thing is to switch into the 4-3 on defense, which Coach O certainly prefers being an old D-line guy. Sure, right. You know, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes. And looking forward to seeing Jabril Cox play. He had some yeah. strong he, words uh, recently about the defense. Just basically, was that today or yesterday? Yeah, he said, yesterday. He said yesterday. they're already better than any said, point yeah, last year. Defense is better. <laughs> that, that's crazy to me. But it, it goes back to, I think last year, um, none of us had ever seen an offensive like that, obviously. Mm-hmm. And it was like, uh, me and our friends were talking about it because it was a year ago, Georgia Southern, and then Texas was basically a year ago. Mm-hmm. And after the Texas game, you started realizing, okay, this is the way it's just going to be. Uh, we're going to be able to outscore teams. And our mindset for the rest of the year was basically, can that team score 20, 30 points against us? Because I don't know if they can. Mm-hmm. Um, can Florida score 30 points against LSU this year? Because I don't know if they can. Because I think we can score 30 points against them. Um, and that's kind of the way I'm, I'm thinking about this yeah. whole year. And I, I'm having to justify myself. And I know I've got purple and gold glasses. But I start I start going down the schedule. And I'm like, I still I think. Do, I do wonder, though. I like we're not. I don't know if we're going to be able to score 42 on Florida this year, though. I mean, No, like, but you they scored about, 28 last year. So, uh-huh. And they played lights out. How do you well, feel about the O-line this year? Because they lost a lot. I feel like it's better. I feel okay. like they with with Shanahan coming in. I don't know if it's better. Um, not, I say it's better than what I what I was originally thinking it was going to oh, be. Okay. Okay. I, I, with the transfer coming in at center, um, I think that shored up a lot of stuff. You had now you can move uh, Chase and Hines into your guard position where they weren't quite sure about. Mm-hmm. Um, so you had Cardell Thomas and you had Bradford who were kind of fighting yeah, for no, that role. No, now Cardell you don't have to Thomas worry about that. And Bradford can both be just like depth. depth guys. They're just depth and elite depth. Guys. Now you got to have Rosenthal. He's got to be a stud on that left side, and everybody's been talking about that. Yeah. Um, Ed Ingram is an All American in my opinion. Yeah. If he if, if he, he can keeps stay healthy, grades, yeah, right? and grades, yeah. Uh, Deculus is uh, to me he's going to be a solid guy. I just don't think Deculus is ever going to be that stud you were thinking he was going to be out of mm-hmm. high school. But I think he got a lot of experience there, um, and it's a it's better situation than we thought it was going to be. Um, so, it, it, so that one's not as, as touchy. For you me feel now. you feel feel pretty good about that. I do, um, and I I'm just bigger on Brennan right now. I feel like in that scheme, um, I mean, I, well, here's what I look at: is 2018 to 2019. The leaps and bounds that that offense took all around, 
not just Burrow, but also wide receivers. They're catching balls now like they never caught before. Like, you, I mean, it was completely different. Yeah. Um, now, Brennan being two years into that scheme um, and having so much just experience alone, uh, just being in the locker room. I know he didn't have game experience, but I just – He's got all the talent to do this. Yeah. Something about that O-line last year, though, is that, you know, Joe Burrow was so good in the pocket and, like, moving around. And yeah. I think a big thing is going to be is Miles Brennan. I mean, it, like, even close to. I've talked about this, and it, it, I know this is an indicative. Oklahoma game. It's that yeah. Oklahoma game. All right, so when he came into the Oklahoma game, we're, get, <laughs> we're, we're killing him. Uh, he gets pre- Brennan comes in. He gets pressure on the side. He does that d- uh, dip under move with the ball in his hands, just like Burrow did. And he steps up in the pocket, makes a throw. Right. And I was thinking, oh, they're coaching this. Right. It's not just Burrow, right? Like so that that's the kind of stuff that I'm looking at. Is right. like, okay, I know he's not going to be Burrow. Like so we we talked about this one. It was going to be a 12 game season. Burrow had 6,000 yards passing for crying out loud, but. Brennan having 4,000, that's not out of the question. Yeah. Like, it, you had people coming out saying, oh, 3,000 would be good. 3,000? Did you just watch this offense last year? 3,000 would be a good number now. Well, yeah, well, yeah, and yeah, all with 10, and yeah, all 10 games, it's a different different animal. It's but. like Joe Burrow averaged 400 yards a game passing last year. And could have had more. Right. Miles, Miles Brennan is not going to have that. But I, I, I don't see us – gravitating to the running game like a lot of people start talking about. I, I don't see us, our pass-run ratio, changing at all. Right. Uh, if if they do, shame on Ed Ogeron. I, it just slightly. Because you shouldn't do just, that. It's just the players that you have. You know? Why would you mess with the scheme it's, that was put on the field last that, year at all? Is that messing with it? Or is yes. that, that slightly adjusting? Because <laughs> That was you the don't, best offense. Okay, Last year you now had, you're in an argument, Ben. We brought you into last an year, argument. Last year you had three first round receivers. This year you have three workhorse running backs and one first round receiver, and then a freak of nature tight end. So I mean, yeah. You also had a first round running back last year. He's playing yeah, for the Chiefs now. One I, my, my, I question Edwards Hilaire's ability in the passing game. Do they have a running back that can step up and catch the ball like right. that? I mean, that's going to be something they're going to miss. He was unbelievable. Coming yeah, I think John Emery is going to be our guy that we're okay. going to be looking at for that. But yeah, I, nobody knows because we hadn't seen him. Kevin yeah. Falk can coach up whoever does it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I feel right. like they, people didn't pay enough attention to how good a job Falk coached Edwards Hilaire. Like, I yeah. feel like that should have been more of a story. I mean, because Falk. You know, one of the prototypical best ever third down backs yeah. catching the ball. That's right. I felt like he had such a big role on them. Or an impact somehow. I That's mean, yeah, I, I, they're almost clones a little bit as far – I mean, Falk was a little bit bigger in college, but – Also a little faster. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I, I just – I feel like you don't mess with the best offensive history. I get I, it. I, I, I get the guys point. are different. I see different. your point. I'm just talking about the scheme. I if you start running the ball 60-40, to no, me, you lost. No, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like. I've heard what, that, though. What, what not you, do? but I've heard what people What did we do last that? year? We did, like, maybe 55-45 pass to run. They ran more than you think. They yeah, they did. They did. Yeah. It was just a sneaky The fabric of the Florida game, especially. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you're going to need to be, yeah, you're gonna need to be shotgun with Miles Brennan. You don't need to be under center yeah, much at all. Yeah, you can just run out of yeah. shotgun and spread formations. That's right. So, I don't know. I just, I'm big on this. I. You know, you know, before before Chase opted out, I was ten and zero guy, but now obviously things have changed. And um, you know, what's the game that we're going to lose? You know, I, it, I do. Th- I think Tyler Shelvin may may the, may make the difference in a win and a loss, like an extra. He if may he's add, in shape. He could add a win. So and he'll be in shape. How y'all feeling about the pass him. rush? I, Switch I into a four three. You know, I'm a little, I, I think that Pelini is going to bring the heat yeah. somewhere. We, I, I was actually I was saying I think pass rush is going to be one of our like weaker points of the team. And then he brought up the point of like, but we have Bo Pelini. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. He, he just brings the blitzes in different places. Yeah, secondary, you yeah. You could see some secondary blitzes. Oh, you're going to yeah. have uh, Jacoby Stevens all over the damn field. Yeah. Um, I mean, our linebackers, it, now it's so funny. You brought up uh, Jabril Cox. Our linebackers look like a big strength of the team, right? You got Damone Clark, Jabril Cox. Um, you know, you don't think so? No, no. Oh, I thought my, you made a face that you my, didn't think of that. My ankle hurts. Um, <laughs> I, I think those guys are going to be all over the field, and if you can get that D line to at least like take up the gaps to where those guys can kind of roam, roam free, I think that's what Pliny wants on a four three defense. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's kind of like the. I mean, we hadn't seen him since 07 run that kind of defense, but I remember what that looked like. 
and it looked pretty damn good mm-hmm. um, when you had like especially Glenn Dorsey before he got hurt. Yeah, like, he, he was had, hurt second half of the year. They man, always when had they went those, before he got hurt that first half. Uh, Neil Farrell is is going to help out a lot. We were talking about that. Like, so you got three defensive tackles alone that have good experience with Apu Ika, Glenn Logan, and Neil Farrell. You got two stud freshmen underneath them as defensive tackles. So yeah. you, you got some good depth that and is Coach there. O said, Coach O said that uh, Joseph Evans is uh, a, a notch above those two freshmen. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, he said Joseph Evans is, is the third defensive tackle starter. What, what are your thoughts on Mississippi State? Because we do have a, bottle, we have a bottle of bourbon on that game. What's, what's our bet on that game? That, uh, on the, uh, Mississippi, Mississippi State, State game, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, up, up to – Fifty dollar bottle of bourbon. Now is it a seventeen? Seventeen spread? point spread. So, I think State's gonna struggle a lot this year. I think I you just their their roster. When you go from Dan Mullen to Joe Moorhead to Mike Leach, I mean this roster is not. And the other thing that's weird about State, they hadn't had a rec- they hadn't had a good like receiver drafted forever. Yeah. Leach is taking over a team. You think of Leach spreading out? Their receiving core is dust. The strength of their teams, the running back, you know, Kyler Hill. Yeah. And so I actually, they're going to have to run the ball a little more. And then their defense has lost a ton. They're switching to 3 3 5. And you look at Lee, I think that Leach is going to do a good job there, but it's going to be a rough year one. Yeah, they need some guys in. I think it's going to be a little bit of a usually He usually rolls with about what? 15 wide receivers on a team, basically. (laughs) (laughs) Something crazy, but Costello coming in. um, Yeah. Yeah, I don't. He's gonna have to do some things that he hasn't done in a while, like stuff that he maybe was doing back in at Texas Tech in 2005. I wish I could see some headlines of like that, but 17 was the line at then. Like, I, I think that's I think it's around 17 and a half. Got to hammer now. that, right? LSU. I, I, I like LSU, but like you said, I, I, I'd like LSU. I wouldn't say I love it, but I definitely like it. I mean, I think State's gonna struggle. I, I think the, I, I know I'm old Miss guy, but I think Kiffin's inherited a lot better situation to win now. Than so who's the quarterback going to be at Ole Miss this year? Well, so far uh, Plumlee's been banged up a little bit, so Coral, Corral's been getting more of the reps. But the reps, but I want it to be Plumlee. Uh, I think. Do you yeah. see two guys playing? Maybe Corral I, and then I play. think they're going to, but I hate that. <laughs> I just think when you look at like. The roster Ole Miss has with Jerry and Ely, who's an unbelievable running back yeah. at speed, Snoop Connor. They've got a couple guys that have experience in the line. They only have one receiver in Elijah Moore that's done well. I think the path to doing well is running the ball and using Plumlee and athleticism yeah. and giving people I do, some insane. I, I think uh, Corral maybe fits that off. Kiffin's like maybe more comfortable with a Corral-type quarterback, but I think if Ole Miss was going to be their best version of themselves than it would be to make your offense fit around Plumlee. I mean, Plumlee just – I think everybody just, at LSU is going to say, why aren't you playing <laughs> Yeah, from Plumlee. LSU's perspective, please start – I mean, that guy – Please go two quarterbacks, superstar actually. written all <laughs> over him. Yeah, just you can't keep that kind of athleticism off the field. No, and, and it was one of those guys – I mean, he's a freshman, obviously, but you could just tell the team kind of gravitated towards him a little, a little bit more last year. Um, it was like one of those kind of guys that you yeah. just – a dude you should consider like moving positions. I mean, they, no, they talked about trying to use him like a Percy Harvin type. Yeah, so yeah, okay. So wide receiver. So yeah, you don't like, like that though. I mean, I don't mind. I, I gotta I mean, see it, you know. Uh, but it's, if he ever wants to maybe play in the NFL one day. Well, he's not. Like he's gonna play I mean, baseball, he's, right? He, he would probably rather play baseball. But I mean, who, who knows? You know, I mean, if you want a shot at the NFL, it wouldn't be playing quarterback. I'm telling y'all, Jerry and Ely, the running back is. Oh, yeah. Kid, so kid, I kid something. Yeah, you that, Scotty Phillips too. No, he's going to Texas now. But they got Jerry Ely and Snoop. I, I like I like Ely and Plumley in the backfield. Too, yeah. and you're doing the zone read. And yeah, that's 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 yeah. that thing. What is pass rush to the D line and secondary drop back passer ain't gonna work in that game. No, nope. miss. They're gonna win. They need to run the zone read against them and go against where where they're a little weak. What are your thoughts on Florida a little bit this year? Uh, I, I mean, they're going to be solid. They're, they're, they're going to be good. Uh, that tight, the tight end they got to a monster. He is. Uh, you know, Kyle Trask is steady. You know, you always think of Mullen likes the running quarterback more. They lost a good bit on defense, but man, Florida's always got D line. They rush the passer, and they always got a secondary. And they're going to be aggressive with Todd Grantham always. And so you got to give them the benefit of the doubt on defense. I mean, I think they're going to be pretty good. And when you look at Georgia. I mean, the JT Daniels things, but I'm watching close to Georgia. So, yeah, what's he, well, he's had deal? some injuries. Okay, so he's hurt. Yeah, it's a knee injury. And so they're saying he's not – he's gonna, he's eligible already, but they don't know if he's – And so this is Dwayne Matthews? Is that his name? Dave Mathis. 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 I, they right. can't feel that good about Mathis if they just took all these transfers, is my yeah. thoughts. <laughs> no. I, oh. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about Dwayne uh, – Dwan Mathis. Yeah, I don't know anything about him either. <laughs> Never heard Dwayne of him. Matthews. They, they've got to be in shock coming from they thought they were going to have Jamie Newman who was on Heisman boards yeah. to JT Daniels and now 
What's his name again? Dewan Mathis. Dewan Mathis. <laughs> yeah, they, I mean, they just hired Todd Monken and to come in here and run the spread. That's right. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think Georgia's, you know, you know they're obviously going to be pretty conservative early. They got that road trip to Bama that's going to be. Oh, that didn't look good now. I, at, at one point, I was I thinking, yeah, Bama, Bama, that could be a loss for them because I, I do like Georgia's defense. But oh, yeah, they if their offense can't put up points, I mean, that's that was their hold. I mean, they, yeah. they were kind of in that LSU mold from 2018 where – or 2017, I should say, where they they have great defense, but they can't get the points on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just got to get that right offensive scheme, and then, yeah, yeah, now you don't have a quarterback. Yeah, and just the from over feels thing is gonna haunt. It is kind of lingers as a cloud. For oh, a couple of years. I mean, that was big time. That was a decision yeah. that they wish they had back. All right. Well, anything else you want to cover, Jack? Anything else we want to pick his brain about? I think we I'm, covered I think a lot. I'm all good. That was all right, a lot. You, yeah, that was. Yeah, I appreciate y'all having me, man. Cigarette. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah man we appreciate you coming in we'll we'll do this again for yeah, sure yeah love to man enjoying um, enjoying baton rouge as i said just game time's been fun working with jimmy odd every day is a treat you know he's i a, bet man yeah he's a character and we we have a we have a great time and i gotta say hey, we, our, our show's grown a lot i like the trajectory of it has he gotten you over to harper's haberdashery he, he has not he hasn't he has sam not Ball, I, he hadn't gotten you in front of sam he has not uh, i mean i'll definitely take it if you will Oh, he's probably got an account. I bet you Jimmy Ott's got an account. At yeah, he's always Sam. he's always Jimmy. He'll rock a trade some, somehow. He rocks those cuts, sport cuts. Oh yeah, he does. But I uh, love it. Loving Baton Rouge for T Bob's been great to me too. I'm the OTBOT hour Fridays from nine to ten. Yes, and that's we do, right. We do the six pack on Thursdays at eight thirty. We're starting the fantasy show tonight, and I'm doing game time. I'm trying man. to just I'm trying to immerse myself. In, that's good, man. And Sunday mornings too. I got to say this too. Sunday morning with myself, Jimmy Ott, and Rohan's awesome. I, yes, yeah, that we were both listening to that show. Rohan and me have a great. Rohan, he loves how energetic I am, and, uh-huh. and so we got a fun. Yeah, that was, that was never a, a matchup of people that I would have thought worked so well, but that really did work really well. We need to get Rohan on the podcast. You definitely need to get Rohan. To get I'll get I'll get him. We've already done a rewind on the LSU Tennessee game when Rohan oh, uh, came out. So we got we, Cecil we Collins didn't, we on. Didn't do the uh, Tennessee game. Beast, I can't wait. I'll, I can't wait to listen. To the All right, so we got Cecil Collins. Uh, hopefully this Monday. So I got to confirm that with with, uh, with the, the Diesel. diesel. Um, I'll wear my Cecil the Diesel t-shirt that day. Um, so uh, look for that. Also look for the Home Dogs. We're going to be recording that Friday, it looks like. Uh, we'll have our little three-pack picks, not the six-pack. We'll do the three-pack. We'll, we're not going to compete with you because we can't. No, I mean, you might. You I'm two, I was two and one last week. Yeah, two and one's better than I did last week. I did four. I was four and one in college. Hey, but here's, here's my, dog, my dog of the week last week, Coastal Carolina. There you go. Guess what game I did not bet? Coastal Carolina. <laughs> Boy, the Sun Belt. I mean, I felt like the Big 12 deserved, like, European soccer relegation after the Sun Belt oh went 3-0 against them. Yeah. They almost should be regulated at the G5. And Texas Tech <laughs> almost lost to Houston yeah, Baptist. As a 44-point favorite, I believe. Oh, my gosh. Heard right. Baptist got too conservative at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Can't make this stuff up. <laughs> All right, guys. We really appreciate it. Uh, big shout-out again to Courtesy Buick GMC. Uh, go check out Brandon Lejeune and his hit list. Also, uh, Bear Process Safety, you'll hear from Adam Barry. He'll be coming in the studio this Friday, so be on the lookout for that. But follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, One Team One Pod on Twitter. Uh, we are going to continue here to watch how red Matt Moscona's face gets. Uh, we will talk like the, to you. looks like the hot sauce on the, ch- the plucker's chicken wings in his face. Oh, like my gosh, look how red it is. Yeah, yeah, if it, yeah, he needs a drink is what he needs. <laughs> All right, guys, we will talk to you guys soon. That is One Team, One Podcast. Logger now. <laughs> we showed you what the GOAT was last year when yeah. we beat y'all 50-7. Let's go! One Team! Relax, big boy. One Team, One Podcast. One Team, One Podcast. One Team, One Podcast. Yeah, they did a good job. Mm-hmm. Really good.